Let's um, turn to God's word in a moment. And we're looking at Hebrews chapter 2. It's not a Christmas narrative, but it speaks into the Christmas message as well. Over these last few weeks, we've been thinking um, about different passages in Hebrews. We had, um, back on the first Sunday of Advent, we had Seth, king, doing some weights. Um, as we looked at Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, and the great wait for God to come as Jesus, Jesus to, to come. And over hundreds of years, people have been waiting, and waiting can be hard, it can be heavy, but whilst the people were waiting, God was working, and God was speaking. And our prayer is that as we wait for Jesus' return, or wait for God to answer a certain prayer, that we know that he is working and that he is speaking into our lives. The following week, we heard about the great announcement, the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary that uh, Jesus will be born. We heard last week the great journey, meeting with the great king of righteousness and the king of peace. And this week... We're going to think about the great scandal. And on the screen, there are some scandals from this last year. The lady um, just there, um, anyone know who she is? Sorry, someone, someone said, said, said the name. She's the vice president of the European Union, and some money has been found in her office um, linked to some bribes about speaking favorably about Qatar and the World Cup and things like that. Scandal. By the look on most people's faces, that scandal went uh, under the radar. The one in the middle, this was from the autumn. A scandal in chess. International chess game, and there was some scandal. Um, The um, reigning champion was beaten and supposedly the person that beat him cheated. The top image um, has Boris Johnson in and um, Partygate, guilty, kick him out. Um, We could make a long list of the scandals linked to Boris Johnson, but I don't want to do that this morning. I just want to simply say it wasn't Partygate that cost him his premiership. Um, It was actually not dealing with a scandal appropriately that got him, well, got people to say, you need to stand down. And I just want to say, I think it's absolutely scandalous that Harry and Meghan are washing their family's dirty laundry in such a way for their own money. But there are also scandals that would have happened and would have taken place in that family, but we don't need to know them. They need to sort out amongst the family. Some scandals from 2022. I wonder what scandals you would have put on the screen about your life or your 2022. Would there be four images? So. No, I I was thinking, do I say... We've actually surprised some people and asked people in their household to... No, no. I wonder if you have gone through a scandal or a mess that actually you wouldn't want it on a screen in a church service, let alone a Netflix documentary. 
Maybe it's a small scandal. Maybe it's a little mess. Maybe it's a family falling out. Maybe you were caught cheating, not just in chess, but in another way. This morning, I want us to think about the scandal in the Christmas story. Not just the scandal, but the scandals of the Christmas story. And how, as we explore the scandals of the Christmas story, and as we understand how scandalous it was, how wrong it seems that the God of highest heaven could become so humiliated, as in humbled, by taking on flesh and being laid in in a feeding trough, and some of the other scandals around it. As we explore those scandals, my hope and prayer is that we will recognize the wonderful truth that in Jesus coming in a scandalous moment, in a a time of scandal, in a story surrounding him, in that kind of scandalous thing, that he can turn our little scandals into his salvation story. As Jesus comes into, into the mess that surrounded his birth, that as we rediscover that, that we can relearn or learn for the first time that he can turn the mess in our lives into a message of his grace. And we see in the passage we're going to look at some things, uh, lots, of, lots of different things, but three things I want us to just remember, and we'll, we'll say a few times, that through us understanding the scandal of Jesus' birth and Jesus' coming, and, and us getting, getting to grips with that. He invites us into a new family. He secures for us a, a fresh freedom. And he gives us a certain future. What scandals would you never want to come out this Christmas about you or your family? What mess would you not want put on a screen? Think of those things and and then bring them as we listen to God's words. Bring them to Jesus. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 2, starting at verse 9. But just to say in in verse 5, 6, 7, and 8, we see that uh, humans are described as being a little lower than the angels and are actually... Um, given glory and honor, but we're not living up to that at the moment. As we can see in these four images, humans aren't living up to the standards that God has set for us and created for us to be living um, to. And then verse nine, we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while. And he's now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom everything exists should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. 
And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not the angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason he had to become, sorry, he, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in, the serv- in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now, this passage in Hebrews could warrant a sermon per verse, or even with some verses, two or three sermons per verse. We're not going to do that this morning, but we're going to take some of the the teaching in these verses and um, relate them to the Christmas narrative and think about the the scandals in the Christmas narrative and some of the, the truths that are taught through these verses. I want us to first of all think, though, Verse 9, that God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, High King of Heaven, was made lower than the angels for a little while. I wonder if in the busyness of Advent, the, the preparations for Christmas, whether you have paused and thought about God of highest heaven being made lower than the created angels, the angels that he created. I wonder if you've just paused to try and get your head around it. Or whether you've gone through Christmas so many times before, you're just rushing through and you know the story. You know what happened and you haven't paused to think about, that's pretty amazing and also pretty pretty scandalous that God of highest heaven, the eternal one who is there at the beginning, demotes himself and becomes a little lower than the angelic beings that he himself has created. It's hard for us to understand fully that God, continuing to be God, but for a period of time laid aside his glory and honor and he became like you and me. If Prince William were to walk into this room now, would people turn their heads? Probably. Why? Because before he came in, this whole room would have been swept by security dogs. Not with a broom, sniffing, sorry, I should say. Swept for for, um, different kind of things that would have made sure it was a safe place for Prince William to come in. And Jesus taking on, on flesh isn't just like Prince William coming in civilian clothes. Leaving his, his kind of um, royal household and coming and just slumming it with us. It's more than that. It, it's deeper than that. 
God sending his son takes things even further. It's not just dressing down or acting like one of us. He becomes one of us. Being born human. And surrounding his birth, there were so many questions and scandals. Let's think about Mary. A teenage girl who after 400 years of seeming silence from heaven starts saying that an angel has told her that she's going to be pregnant by God and is going to be God's son. That would have started a few rumors going around, wouldn't it? Raised a few eyebrows. But scandal doesn't even begin to describe Mary's pregnancy and, and the, the impact it would have had in, those, uh, in that culture in those days. She could have been stoned for such a crime, being pregnant out of wedlock. The Nazareth gossips were probably desperate to find out different details of this scandal. It would have brought shame not just on her, but on her family, on her household, everyone she loved and cared for. But in the midst of this scandal, this this young girl is courageous and is obedient. And she accepts what God has said to her. And in her womb, somehow, God's of highest heaven is placed and grown. Which is just, can you understand it? Can you begin to think about God's becoming human inside a womb and growing. For so many other faiths and people, it is humiliating that God would do this. That God would show himself in such weakness in growing in a human womb. That God, who is the creator, would become one of the created beings even though Jesus is greater than the humans, he becomes one. Joseph had every right to divorce Mary. We're living in a society now, and it was the same then, that you have rights. And in our society today, um, we we know about people's rights and and I've got rights, don't you know? And and I have the right to have this or the right to be listened to. I have the right for my story about my family to be published on Netflix. Well, no, we don't have that right. But we have rights in our society. And in in society back then, Joseph had the right to divorce Mary. And he would have been freed from the scandalous accusations of getting her pregnant or someone else getting her pregnant. Yet, again, like Mary, he chose God's way and laid down his rights. Another scandal, or two scandals, was the guest list at the birth and um, the early years of Jesus. Shepherds on the hillsides. I wonder if... If we, well, if Jesus was to be born this Christmas, whether we would find it insulting that on Christmas Eve, an angel 
goes to the White Hart and says to everyone there, hey, good news to you. Great joy for all people that God's Son has been born to you. I wonder if you would find that okay, that the the angel would go to the White Hart rather than a gathering of the religious, the people of faith. It would have been similar for for the religious people of the time um, where God announced the birth of his son to the lowly, unschooled animal keepers. And, And please know, I'm not saying that about the people in the White Hart but the unreligious, the the people who are the salt of the earth, the, the people who are just normal folk. And God includes the shepherds in on his guest list. And then for, for, for so many people, the fact that Gentiles from a faraway land were included in the celebrations would have also been wrong and scandalous. And social services would have quite a bit to say about where God was laid at the time of his birth. The angels told the shepherds that the new king, God's son, the saviour, could be found lying in a feeding trough wrapped in rags. That isn't a fitting place for any baby, let alone the king of kings the Messiah, God's chosen rescuer. There were so many scandals surrounding Jesus' birth, Jesus' first coming, and the the setting there. And as we think about those scandals, think about the the messiness of, of it, as I said, my hope and prayer is that we rediscover or discover for the first time that even our littlest scandals or mess can be turned into a message of his grace and a story of, his, of God's salvation. I want us to think of three things. That God calls us into a new family. He secures for us, a, a, well, gives us a secure freedom and also a certain future. And just some verses from that passage in Hebrews chapter 2. In verse 10 and 11, it says, God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. God invites people who are found in a mess, found in scandal, into a new family. He doesn't just join that family He doesn't just join us in that mess. He doesn't just take on human uh, flesh and, and bones. He doesn't just join our family, but he starts a new one. In verse 11, it says that um, he he makes the one who is holy and, and the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. And what, what uh, we, we see in verse Uh, in these verses and in in other parts of Scripture, is that God doesn't just come as a visitor, but the Son of God, to quote C.S. Lewis, the Son of God became a man 
to enable men to become sons of God. To put it in a, um, a, a different way, God joins us in our mess so that we can join him in his family. I wonder if you are in a situation or have been in a situation where there is scandal in your family or mess in your family or in your, your relationships and God comes and joins us in that mess, that brokenness, and he says, I want you to be part of my new family, my new holy family. And as you become part of that, I'll give you the power and, and the ability and I will, will help you change that situation Jesus joins us in our mess so that we can join him in his family. And he's not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. That's in verse 11. He calls us into a new family. You might think, well, well, God doesn't want to join me in my family. My family is a real mess. And as we approach Christmas, I know that there is brokenness in, in my family. God joins a messy situation so that we can join his new family and are invited in. The second set of verses, verse 14 and 15, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who call their lives um, so who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Jesus doesn't just um, call us into a new family. He gives us, through taking on the scandal um, of his birth, his, his humiliation, through the scandal of his death, God dying, he gives us a secure freedom. Verse 9 spoke about how he died for everyone by the grace of God's. And this is the secure freedom that we can, we can experience. That we're free from our sin and our shame. That we're free from everything that has been said over us. Maybe this word that um, God gave to someone before the service. This is, this is the, the message that you need to hear. That whatever has been said over us, God gives us a secure freedom away from that. He's taken it on himself and revealed his ultimate power over death and over the devil, over sin and over shame, through not just coming and being laid in a manger, but as we can see, let's do, do that one. As we can see just about a shadow of a cross, that from the crib we go to the cross, and we see the power of God being displayed on the cross with victory over fear, over insecurity, over our sin and our shame. Jesus taking the scandal and humiliation on himself so that we could experience a secure freedom. And there is a certain future that he gives. For this reason, Jesus had to be made like them, fully human in every way, 
in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. As I said earlier on, each of these verses, there could be one or two sermons per verse. I just want to say from these verses that because of what Jesus has done, he provides for us not just a solution to our sin, but a certain and secure future with him in eternity. The scandalous news of of his birth with questionable beginnings in terms of his parents' morality, in in terms of the lowly crib, in in terms of um, the, the guest list involved, all of these kind of scandals and situations around his, his birth, God comes and embodies for us a message of good news that will cause great joy for all the people. In the middle of the mess, the Messiah was born. In the middle of a scandal, the Savior was delivered. And those scandals or messy situations that I asked you to bring to mind earlier on, I want to encourage you to invite Jesus to meet you in those this morning. To say, Jesus, you are used to scandals and to me- you're used to mess. Could you meet me in mine? Jesus, you invite me into a new family, a holy family, and enable me to bring restoration and hope in mine. Jesus, you um, offer to me a secure freedom, freedom from fear, freedom from bondage, freedom from oppression, freedom from the devil, freedom from death. Would you help me feel that security of that freedom? Jesus, you took our sin and our scandal and made them part of your salvation story and gave us a certain future. Help me to respond to that this morning. One of the readings that is often read in Christmas carol services, it'll be read this evening in ours is a passage from John chapter one. And there's a scandal of no response. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. I wouldn't want us to be guilty of celebrating Christmas without recognizing the real reason, without responding by inviting Jesus to join us in our mess so we can join him afresh in his family. And there's that promise. Yet to all who 
did receive, all who do receive him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God's, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God's. This morning, it might be that you have already been born afresh, born again, but you recognize that you need to come once again, as if it's for the first time, and recognize the invite of Jesus to join him in his family, to be blessed with a secure freedom and a certain future filled with hope. So I'm gonna pray as the bands come up and help us to respond through sung worship. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all that you have given us and done for us. Thank you for your word so rich in, in depth, yet also understandable. And we thank you, God, that you came and you were not afraid of mess and scandal, however big or small. And that gives us hope that the scandal and mess, however big or small in our own lives, you're not going to run away from that, but you're going to run to it, to us, and join us in it and turn it into a, a message of your goodness and grace and a story of your salvation and rescue. High King of Heaven, whether it's for the first time or hundred and first time, meet us where we are, but don't leave us there. Help us to, to, to know for the, for, as if for the first time your wonderful grace and to know what it is to be called into a new family, to be children of the most high gods, Give us a secure freedom, freedom from fear, freedom uh, from death, freedom from the consequences of, of um, our, our shame and our guilt, freedom from our sin. Thank you, Jesus, that you died. That you weren't just a baby, but you grew and lived and ministered and taught and then went to the cross and you died and lived out your name, lived out that God saves. And thank you, God, that you did not stay dead. As if a crib could hold you and your glory and your life-giving power. As if a, a tomb could hold you in all of your glory and your life-bringing power. Help us to know that security of freedom that you have given us and a certain future with you here on earth and with you in eternity. This Christmas, help us to know. Know you. Lifted high in our lives. 
in this church and in the communities we represent. Amen.